0: Test one, two. You can turn this down maybe a little bit. Uno dos tres. How are you guys? Good. Thanks, you guys, for the worship. It was awesome. Let's pray again. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it never turns back void. Thank you, God, that um, you have a plan for our lives that goes far beyond our thinking, beyond our circumstances, beyond our situation. Even, Even... in the situations that we create ourselves, God. Thank you, Lord, for the reminder that you have for us tonight about who you are, what you are, and Father God. Right now, we just ask you bind Satan and the present powers and influence that want to create our mind to be unfocused, to take our thinking away from Jesus, to take our thinking away from the Word of God, the only true and living Word, which is your Bible. Ask God that you would wash over us, that you'd write upon our hearts, Father the message that you have for us, God, through your word, that we would, none of us, myself included, would leave this place, God, missing, missing on what you have for us, God. Thank you for each and every person here. Thank you for each and every family they represent. And thank you for the love story that you have for each of them, God. We just pray that you would radically transform all of our lives, Lord. That you would regenerate us, Lord. Thank you, God, that that's not a name of a youth group. It's, it's what you're about in human beings' lives, to make new, to rebirth. So thank you, God, that you're about all that. You're about newness. It's awesome, God. Thank you so much. Just bless everybody here. I just invite you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be reading tonight. Uh, Before we, before we get into this, there's a couple of things that the Lord kind of has been ministering to me. First of all, I have to thank my wife, Gina. She's right here. Uh, She's my best friend. And when I feel like giving up, um, she actually encourages me to not give up. If you guys don't have a prayer partner in your life, um, you really need one. Uh, This last week, I, I connected with Gina about some things, and she just let me weep in her arms, man. Um, yes, guys weep, and that's a sign of strength, believe it or not. All you young dudes I think crying's for girls. Not crying is for girls. Just kidding. But anyways, life is tough sometimes, man. And God is so faithful, man, he's so in control. And uh, it's just, this week, I was thinking about you guys, I believe the Lord put this on my heart that I've been losing sight of, of some things. And uh, it's funny, I always pray, all right, God, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to read? I really wrestle over that. And the Lord always, like, continually, just, just tell him what I'm doing in your life and read the word and, and, and teach where you're at. And uh, I need to be reminded not about this book like a textbook, okay, the Bible, true and living word of God um, did you know that this uh, in, in Hebrews says it's alive and sharper than any two edged sword you guys ever cut yourself with anything I was back there helping Kelsey look for sticky notes in the drawer over there and I reached down into the drawer and they were, why do people do this I mean you guys ever leave a whole container of pins just open in a drawer <laughs> so I'm like oh cool sticky notes and I grab them and this finger, you know I don't know why this finger was out so like I shoved this finger down into like all these sharp things and it it hurt. I bled. I didn't cry though. Sharper than any two-edged sword, man. Sharper than any pin. <laughs> Cuz it can divide who we are inside and it teaches us who we are and what we're about. This is our life book. Okay. But one thing that I started thinking about is like, you know what? We really need to and and I believe that we're going to start focusing on this. Um, We're going to start focusing on who Jesus is Because without knowing who Jesus is And what he's about um, Whose glasses are these? I don't want to step on these Whose are these? Where's Christian at? Is he here? Oh, you're hiding Here These These are Oakleys These are sick, dude I wish I had a pair of Oakley glasses, if I wore glasses. Sometimes I think I have to wear glasses because I can't see road signs. But an optometrist said, your eyes are fine. So where was I at? Oh, so the person of Jesus. So I, I feel like I've been walking in a place of forgetting who Jesus is, but yet still reading the Bible. Isn't that weird? Still going to church, still doing Christian things. Where's my life at? But tonight, we're going to talk about being in the Spirit. And we're going to look at a situation that Jesus was in right after John the Baptist baptized him. Um, In the book of John, you can read about his baptism also. But we're going to read from Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. You want to pull that up, John? That'd be great. I think Jordan's handing Bibles out. I'm not sure if you guys can read those in this lighting, unfortunately. But it's on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible, take that. It's yours. And if you can't read it like me, give it to someone with better eyesight. And we'll get you one with bigger writing. (laughs) It's such small writing, man. It's like six points. So Matthew 4, 1 through 11, let's read. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Jesus was fully man and fully God. Um, The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness 40 days being no food, no water. By the way, don't go doing that thinking, man, I want to be just like Jesus. I'm not going to eat for 40 days and I'm not going to drink any water for 40 days. I'm going to the desert. Your parents going to be like, who told you to do that? So his physical body was literally worn out. Could you imagine that? I mean, i freak out if I haven't eaten in like, I don't know. I'd probably look like two hours but, um, <laughs> like lunchtime, like You know, you you have breakfast, and you skip lunch, maybe some of you, you know, at school, and then you get home, and you're like, what's for food? I need to eat now! Your parents are like, oh my gosh! Jesus was like that, except a hundred times. His body was, I believe. But the devil tempted him, man. Satan knows where we're at physically in our lives, and he will tempt us. But what are we doing To combat that. Are we combating it in like, I'm going to stand strong against the devil? Because technically, God's word says, greater is he who is within me than he that is in the world. So the power of God lives in me, but I am no match for Satan, okay? I leave that up to God. I leave that up to his word. Verse 5. Then the devil took him. See, it wasn't done. The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. So he's way up there, pinnacle, top part. And said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now check it out. Who's talking now? Right. I find it fascinating that in the first section here, Jesus says it is written that we shouldn't live on bread alone, but by the very word of God, And Satan twists that around and says, well, I'm going to use the word of God then. So here's what Satan says. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. See, Satan used the Bible man to tempt Jesus. Jesus. I think that's insane, because I always think of the devil as like this bad person, right? He is. He's absolutely evil. But I think of him like not knowing this book because this book's so holy. But he knows the Bible. There's a reason why I'm sharing all this. There's a point to it. And I'm not in no way shape or form. am I lifting the enemy up in any way, shape or form? In fact, when I write my notes, I even put Satan in lowercase. My Word documents always want a capital S and everything. Even my papers that I sent in for Bible college, I don't think I even put an uppercase S because I didn't care if I got a bad grade for keeping Satan as a lowercase person. So verse 7 says, Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So Jesus is using what? What? Is he using some miraculous power? See, the enemy knew who Jesus was. He's like, dude, do this miracle, man. Make this bread like this rock into some bread, dude. So I don't think Jesus was without his power. He had been anointed by the Holy Spirit by John. I mean, when John baptized him, prior to this happening, he was revealed as the Son of God, the Lamb who took away the sins of the world. Who he was was revealed to the world already, his ministry had started. This is the same Jesus that spit into the ground and, and, and took mud and, and healed a blind person and the same, the same Jesus that, that touched a leper and cleansed him and the same Jesus that told the guy who all, the friends drugged his, who all his friends cut the roof off and dropped his friend down and said, hey, you're healed because of the faith of your friends. The same power, fully God and fully man, yet what is Jesus using here? This and so I've, I question my own self. Also, I'm talking to myself about this. Is this what we use to combat the issues in our lives? If Jesus himself is using the word of God to combat the issues that Satan is bringing to him, why in the world would we not do that ourselves? Are we better than Jesus? Jesus is God. Read John 1.1. 1, 1. He's not a God. He wasn't created on Christmas. He always was. Jesus was around in Genesis. So was the Holy Spirit. The triunity of God has always existed, was not created, always will be, will never change. It's the only solid thing that we'll ever have in our lives. And I think we all need to fall apart so we realize that. So, verse 8 again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Dude, Satan's ruthless, man. He doesn't give up. God's word said it. God's word, first of all, he's the father of lies. Says that he roams around like a roaring lion waiting to devour He's prowling after us. You know, if your life is comfortable and you're like, hey, man, I'm just in cruise control. What's up? It's my girlfriend. She's cool. I got all my friends over here. My life's sweet. I don't have any spiritual warfare. Then something's wrong in your life if you know Jesus as a personal Savior, as your personal Savior. Man, you start walking with God, things get a little intense. Friends start freaking out for no reason family starts freaking out for no reason school gets weird the enemy knows man how to stir things up get your focus on everything around you except jesus that's what he was doing to jesus so verse 10 then jesus said to him be gone satan for what i can't you guys are a dead crowd man For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone. I'm sorry, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. What are you worshiping in your life? What is Brian worshiping in his life? What am I worshiping? Tell you what, man. Sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm worshiping Jesus all the time. All right. So here's where we're going to apply this, I think, hopefully, Lord willing, to our lives here. <clears throat> so we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. We are not going to be reading in the ESV because I really dislike the ESV translation. So please, you can read it if you want. But I don't know if we have that slide, John. <laughs> cool. This scripture, if you guys want to memorize a scripture, this scripture, man— Take a three-by-five card and write down a scripture and put it in your pocket and lose it. And then all of a sudden, when one day's all wacky, you get out and read it out loud. Something powerful about reading the Bible out loud. We cuss out loud. we, We talk about things we shouldn't out loud. We talk about girls to guys out loud and guys to girls out loud or whatever you guys do. Whatever we all do as human beings. But yet, man, are we proclaiming God's word out loud? It's the most powerful thing you guys will ever experience, man, being filled by the Holy Spirit. Check this out for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ i'm gonna read that again for though we walk in the flesh. So what's happening, right? I love this about God's word. God does not discount that you are human beings. Paul was writing this to the Corinthians. And he was telling the Corinthians, look. And this is when the church was actually being birthed, okay? And so you have the Corinthians here. And Paul's reminding them, look. You can't use your flesh to accomplish what God wants to accomplish through you, okay? You can't save your friends by telling them, how bad they are you can't change a person's life by anything that we do okay i can invite a hundred thousand people to a message but it's the holy spirit that changes somebody's life it's the power of god and paul writing this god man god speaks through this man he says though we walk in the flesh so god's saying hey you know what i know you're human beings But, man, this this war that you're experiencing, it has nothing to do with who you are as human beings. Don't try and do this in your own strength. There's so many things in life that we try and accomplish in our own strength. And they're good things. School. Do school in your own strength. Work. Work heartily under the Lord. Obey your parents. That takes strength. Sometimes we're praying through that. Sometimes we're causing our parents to pray through that. But still, that takes endurance and a determination. But this is a little different here and I was really wrestling over this scripture because I've looked at this scripture in my life and the, next, the, the place here where it talks about pulling down strongholds, I've thought of strongholds in my own personal life, okay? And I want you to think about that because we all will have something in our life that seems to be keeping us in a place that God does not want us to be. That's the way mankind is. Those are the things that we experience as human beings. And man, especially you guys as young people, You are bombarded by so many things. You're pulled in so many different directions. Your emotions are growing at light speed. Uh, You know, some of us, our hormones are at light speed. You know? It's chaotic, man. We get broken hearts. We get broken friendships. We get all this stuff. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I'm sitting with somebody. I'm reading, like, I think a suicide note. You know? there's issues in life that's pretty heavy he's still good he's still alive you know he's being open and talking with people you know a lot of us deal with these things but are we doing what jesus did are we including the bible man are we seeking god's face so verse four for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god they are mighty they're not this wimpy little thing Jesus wasn't like, hey, well, you know, it's written the Word of God. The Word of God is like Rambo on steroids with two Gatling guns, one in each arm. Or like Nathan playing paintball. <laughs> no, but for real. I read the scripture and I'm like, dude, all right, God, you're telling me that I need to operate in a different fashion. I love verse 5, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I think, and again, this was Paul writing the Corinthians, but I take this and I apply it to my life because there's so many arguments in my head that contradict Jesus. So many arguments in our mind that go against Jesus. So many arguments in our own thinking that aren't biblical. We all deal with it. We have temptation. What do we do with it? You know, Are we casting it out? Are we proclaiming the word of God? I really suck at that sometimes. And when I don't do that, my life falls apart. When human beings don't include Jesus in their lives, their lives tend to get a little falling apart. But man, God has such great plans for us, and he promises that he's going to be our strength these strongholds are going to be torn down. So everything that comes against the knowledge of God man, every thought we need to bring into captivity in the obedience of Christ Jesus. So Galatians 5:16 through 17, this is ESV. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires yes for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do so Paul wrote I don't know if you guys my dad told me a long time ago read Romans 6 7 and 8 in sequence they're not that long I used to think they were atrociously long and I never read them and I found out they were like three pages it's pretty lame But in Romans, man, in that section, Paul says that he would do the things he didn't want to do. I'm sorry. The things that he didn't want to do, he wouldn't do. And the things that he didn't want to do, those were the things he practiced. And this is Paul, man. Paul was probably the most radical Christian that's walked this earth, I think, aside from Billy Graham. And that's probably even an understatement for Paul. Sometimes I do this, I'll I'll grab a a piece of one of the commentaries I use, and this is from William William McDonald, Believer's Bible Commentary. Um, I love this book. It's one of my favorite commentaries. And uh, I don't hang my hat on everything that's in it, but sometimes when I read something that I find helps expand what uh, God's Word is saying, um, I'll use it. And so I'm going to read this. It's not on the screen. But this pertains... To Galatians five sixteen through seventeen, I am going to read Galatians five sixteen through seventeen again. And this is Paul again writing, and he's writing to the church of Galatia, to the Galatians. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And here is the commentary: the believer should walk in the Spirit. Not in the flesh. To walk in or walk by the Spirit is to allow Him, being Jesus, God, to have His way. Are you guys letting Jesus have His way in your life? And until we fall in love with Jesus, I don't know that we're really going to let Him have His way in our lives. See, Jesus doesn't want part of you, He doesn't want, oh, your homework. He doesn't want your relationship with your parents He doesn't want your purity only He doesn't want your job only He doesn't want The way you do your hair of course Maybe we have freedom in that He wants everything in your life He wants to do He wants to have every part of your life And until we willingly Give him everything I think we're really missing out on walking In the spirit Let me keep reading here It is to remain, please check this out, you guys. It is to remain in communion with him. It is to make decisions in the light of his holiness. The word holiness, it's not lofty out here. It means separated. Jesus was absolutely separated. That word means separated. He was separated from the world. He was unstained of the world. He was completely separate from the world. You know, one thing that's beautiful is that if Christ dwells in your heart, you know what God sees. He sees Jesus' righteousness and his holiness. That's what God sees. I am so grateful because I know what I see when I look in the mirror into my own eyes. And man, that same amazing thing is for you. God loves you guys so much that he doesn't count your failures against you. Now, is he going to allow your failures to create problems in your life so that maybe you end up praying to him? Talking to Jesus? You ever lay in bed and just talk to Jesus about your life? Man, it's the most amazing thing. You ever get up in the morning, talk to Jesus, open the Bible? Commune with him, man. Walk in the Holy Spirit. I challenge you guys. Try it. See what happens in your lives. We need more of this in our lives. We need to include the Lord in every area of our lives. So this is to be, occup- I'm sorry. It is to be occupied with Christ, because the Spirit's ministry is to engage the believer with the Lord Jesus. When we thus walk in the Spirit, the flesh, or self-life is treated as dead. We cannot be occupied in the same, I'm sorry, we cannot be occupied at the same time with Christ and with sin. Commentary notates Schofield, and here's what Schofield says. The problem of the Christian life is based on the fact that so long as the Christian lives in this world, he is, so to speak, two trees, the old tree of the flesh and the new tree of the divine nature implanted by the new birth. And the problem itself is how to keep barren the old tree and to make fruit the new tree. Fruitful, the new tree. The problem is solved by walking in the Spirit. William MacDonald goes on and says this is back to the commentator in this commentary. This verse and those that follow show that the flesh is still present with the Christian. The idea of the eradication of the sinful nature is thus refuted, though. The Spirit and the flesh are in constant conflict. God could have removed the fleshly nature from believers at the time their, of their conversion. Hey, man, I really wish that happened. I, I'm one person that that really wishes. I pray a lot to God and say, God, you know what? Please change Brian. I find myself driving to church. God, please change Brian. I wake up, man, and I have thoughts in my head. I'm like, God, please change Brian. And man, are your, are, are your, is that your thinking? Because that's healthy. Because that means that you're, you're constantly going to the Lord. God, change me. God, this area of my life needs to be different. Please change me. Please make this different. Please, God, please. And I really believe that's honoring to the Lord, staying in communication with him. So it goes on and says, but he did not choose to do so. And why, the question is, and here's why. He wanted to keep them continually reminded of their own weakness, to keep them continually dependent on Christ, their priest and advocate, and to cause them to praise unceasingly the one who saved such worms. We're worms. Instead of removing the old nature, God gave us His own Holy Spirit to indwell us. God's Spirit and our flesh are perpetually at war and will continue to be at war until we are taken home to heaven. The believer's part in the conflict is to yield to the Spirit. And in closing, I want to read... Oh, (laughs) i got to switch this. All right, John, I'm going to do this. Oh, technology's kind of cool. If you guys have logos on your smartphone, you can always actually follow the scriptures. Hopefully I'll be able to do this. Um, I was thinking about the song uh, this week. Um, This isn't coming up, John. It's taking too long to load. What? Uh, Yeah. Oh, wait. There we go. Sorry. Uh, It's not. It's not in here. Go ahead. Do you have the slides? Okay. What's the title of the song? Holy Spirit. We've sang this before, right? So there's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You are living hope, your presence. Now, when I sing this song, go to the next slide. When I sing this song, sometimes I'm singing, and we're like in this room, and I'm thinking God's presence here, right? We say that a lot in Christianese. God's presence is here. Why the heck would God's presence be in a building? Some of you may freak out a little bit. I've tasted and seen the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence, Lord. I love that. God undoes our shame, man. Can you guys say hallelujah? Oh, that's the lamest thing. If your team was winning at a YC or whatever high school you go to, would you go, my team's winning? No way. Hallelujah! And excited about the work that God has done in my life, and this is why. Did you switch it already? Oh yeah, okay. So here's the chorus, and this is I was I was in Winco. Crazy things happen in Winco, huh, Nate? Go back to some of the videos, Nate slapping a ham (laughs) at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood, (laughs) come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Leave it there, John. I want you to think about this for a second. I really believe that God could care less about filling this stupid building with his Holy Spirit. He wants to fill the building of your body. He wants to fill your soul. He wants to fill you up. And I was reading this song. I'm I'm walking. Oh, yeah, I've got my shopping cart. I'm seeing people look at me. Yeah, Gene, I do that sometimes. I don't know if you're in the crowd here. But I was thinking about this, and I believe this is what the Lord put on my heart that, Brian, this song is not about, because I have been in here thinking about the building. The song is a cry about God filling the atmosphere of the deepest part of Brian. So that I walk in the spirit, so that I don't gratify the flesh, so I'm not walking in shame, so that when people, now this gets even more serious. So when people see me, they see Jesus. Because, man, if I'm out doing things that aren't Jesus-like, forget the stage. Okay? Forget me being a preacher. Preachers do bad things too, man. But if my life isn't walking with the Lord personally, what good is it? If your lives aren't walking with the Lord, if you're not experiencing the power of God, this right here, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. All right, um, I'm going to encourage you guys, the last three minutes, I want you to be in silence.